Whatever crap. I'm thinking fun because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> For those of you that are laughing and, and know what that scene is, then uh, you'll understand the reference to our latest creation and our latest new release. Um, it's called Pivot, uh, in honor of everyone's favorite sitcom, the best sitcom ever, by the way. Um, my sister would agree with you. It's my opinion. I know it's not yours. Yeah, it's, it's actually, my opinion. I'm actually wondering if we're going to get some debate out of that in this group. Oh, for sure. Oh, we, we absolutely will. I know we will. Because I already know Chase's, and I know it's not that. Mine and, isn't that either. Yeah, it's mine. I'm probably the only of the yeah. four, but I'm the only. You guys are allowed to have opinions. Ooh, boy, I have a hot take later. But. You, always, you always compare it to Seinfeld, and... Yeah. I prefer Seinfeld. Yeah, that's the one I thought oh, you were going to say was yours, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I was like rewatching The Office, I think, at that point, so I had to say The Office because it's such a good Ooh. show. So, you're more, so Office is your favorite sitcom? I think so. I think that's what I said in the, po- in the podcast a while ago. I don't remember. but Well, how are you feeling today? <laughs> well, Parks and Rec is really good. We just, uh, dude, we just finished that. I mean, it's Parks and Rec is up. super good. It's yeah, vaulting the, up for me. The Office is mine. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was. Yeah. Chad, I think I know yours. The Office is still mine. Yeah, yeah. Friends yeah, is a so. very close second, but The Office is okay. number one. Yeah, I, I mean, so but not that, a lot of Seinfeld fans here, huh? Seinfeld's no. three. So, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, no, nice. Seinfeld isn't even in my like realm. But you're, of, you're you're young and yeah, he's a whippersnapper. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, it's not like Friends or The Office were on when I was growing up. No, but I, but Seinfeld Seinfeld translates to the younger generation less than any show I've ever seen. That's probably fair. It's yeah. weird. I, I don't understand why. Actually, Chad and uh, our friend Brian Coates, those were the two that convinced me to binge Seinfeld all the way through. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a couple and years ago. And I enjoyed ago. it. Yeah, it was a couple yeah, years I was, ago. I really I liked it. It was really funny. I, I, Still not in my top five, but I really liked it. I don't not like it. It's just it, it, it doesn't touch like the hits for me. I will tell you this. It, having watched it recently, it holds up a lot less than some of the other shows from that era. That's probably fair. I, there, there are many jokes that, that don't hit as hard today as I know that they would have in mm-hmm. the mid-90s. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know that Kenny Rogers owned a chain of chicken restaurants. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. R.I.P., by the That's way. True. Yeah. It's too soon yeah. to bring up Kenny uh, Rogers right now. Uh, anyway, so for those of you that, that get the scene that, that we played here, um, very low-budget play, by the way. I just played it on speaker on my phone no, no. into the microphone. We totally put that post-edit in. We should, by the way. Uh, I kind of like what you did better. <laughs> it's easier it's for me. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's on brand. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, so it's no secret, right? Uh, the, the branding for this, uh, it's fun because Friends is one of the most, most watched shows ever. And so a lot of people get the reference. But it also totally fits what's happening in our world today. Yeah. And um, 
I'll kind of kick us off here, and then let's get into the beer itself. Um, we'll kind of touch it. There's not a lot to talk about with it. It's, um, it's a very, very well-made beer, but um, I'm, I'm sure, Chase, you'll be able to talk about it really quickly. And then we'll get into um, maybe the plans for it and, and what we're seeing, yeah. and we'd just love to pick y'all's brain. But for the sure. long and short of it is this beer was in the tank um, on when we shut down on March 16th. It was in the tank, and we weren't really sure what it was going to be yet. It was um, something that we had talked about releasing. We weren't really sure what we were going to release it as or even what style for that matter. And um, all of a sudden, uh, Danny, I loved your post when you said nothing like a government shutdown to make you pivot. Right. Um, that's, it's, I mean, it's perfect. It's so applicable. Uh, we get shut down. We're sitting, in the, we're, we're sitting here talking about, all right, Chase, if we shut your brew house down today, what can we still package that's in the tanks? Mm-hmm. And this beer was one of them. And again, at the time, uh, it was just the base malt. You hadn't added any hops. You hadn't added anything to it. Um, we actually didn't even have a brand for it yet. And um, we decided to create this really fun brand out of it. And we leaned in very heavily. We, we packaged, what, 99% of it? What, what are yeah, we? 90 Didn't we yeah. pretty much... I think you hand-filled two kegs just for us to drink in, in here, right? That yeah, is he, correct, he yeah. hand-filled two kegs basically out of peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's it is funny. true, actually. Yeah. It's funny because Jess and I were having a conversation where we're like, man, like, I'm really excited for this beer to get into cans because the can's super dope, but like, I want to drink some of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jess was like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And my thought process was, it seems really selfish for me <laughs> to... <laughs> ask for this to make its way into kegs even though we're not gonna be able to sell any of the beer that would be in a keg but i'm happy that well you guys were tasting it out of the bright beer tank right and you and jess were like oh so you're not kegging any of it i was like no (laughs) and it's like then i started thinking too i was like you know it would be nice to actually have it on tap but at that point i already carved it up to uh, over three volumes of co2 because it's very spritzy Mm -hmm. um, which makes it a little bit more of a challenge uh, to run it on draft but yeah and so, all right, let's let's talk about it. So, it's a pale lager. Yeah, it's a pale lager. Um, the hops are actually added into the bright beer tank using uh, hop oils. Um, so, it's a kind of a unique uh, new thing that that we're doing here at Sonder. Uh No, it's it's no way uh, inventive. A lot of breweries are are, are doing this exact same thing. Um, so, it's kind of a cool a cool uh, lab experience, you know, for myself to to, to get down with with using these. Uh, these cool hop uh, products on on the cold side, and really can dial it into where you want for you know uh, aroma and flavor stability and uh, or bi- uh, bitterness, I should say. Uh, so this is kind of a fun beer. Uh, so uh, what's to do. the? Why don't you explain for folks what's the benefit of of using hop oils versus dry hopping in a traditional method? Well, there's a lot less um, you know raw material going into the beer, so you have a lot lower uh, uh, loss to the beer itself. <laughs> Is that like an integrity thing too? Yeah, so these are very stable, you know, products. So they they do hold up well in the beer. Where adding hops, you know, to the to, to, to the kettle, that bitterness will fade away as the beer ages. So this should be pretty uh, pretty stable with the, using these products since it's no vegetative, you know, material going into it. Um, so it's a it's a nice uh, crisp, clean. Uh, you get a lot of hop on the nose, and you get a good, you know, bitterness. Um, but then it cleans out pretty well. So it's it does. Uh, my vision of this beer was kind of like a, a toned down um, uh, uh, Prima Pills, 
you know, Pyramid Pills, they call that a, a, a Pilsner, I believe, but it's very hoppy and bitter, um, very aggressive. So I wanted to be kind of like that, but just tone Prima down. Pills is victory, right? Victory, yeah, yeah. They make really, really good beer. They do, they do. Yeah, so it's not a Pilsner. It's a, it's a pale lager, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, basically, that just means it's a... So it, it, it lagered for how long? How long in the tank did this lager? I think this guy was about 18 days, so it's a quicker lager. Uh, it's a hybrid yeast that we're using, so it's kind of gives us the ability to kind of turn it out a little bit quicker. Yeah, so so essentially, it, I guess where I was going with it is it appeals to multiple consumers. So mm-hmm. somebody that, that might like a little bit more of a hoppy, hoppy beer, but maybe doesn't want to kick it all the way up to a big IPA. They don't want to take yeah. it to 11. This appeals to them if they're looking to, to crush something, right? Yeah, I think it's great, you know, for you know, during this time as well where people are at, at home, so they're probably maybe consuming a little bit more of, of, of beer at home. Um, but it, So it, it gives you the, the nice flavor that you're looking for, so it's not, like, fatigued and tasting like water. after If you, if you go from, a, you know, you betcha to, to, you know, a Miller Lite, like, it's very just very nothing's really there. So That's this, polarizing for sure. Yeah, so this is, it, it gives you that nice kick of aroma and, and bitterness, uh, but it still cleans out, so you can, you can have a few of these. And it's only at 4.8% alcohol as well, so you can have a few of these guys and... Which Enjoy is part it. of the reason, uh, the, the, the ABV level, the alcohol by volume level, but also um, the, the idea that uh, you, can, you can crush them, also the drinkability of it. Mm-hmm. It's why we went back to our... Texas uh, Talls. That's right, Texas Tall Boys. Yeah, so we went right. back to our... Dude, I love doing Texas Talls on, do. our, on our like, specialty loggers, like yeah. the ones that we like, aren't in our... Because, like, I mean, Rally Cap being a six-month mm-hmm. skew for us, it's a logger that... We intend on putting in distro and all this stuff like that. We're not like it's not a. I don't know what the word is. It's not. A, it's not something that we're is out of free time, or it's not something that we're. Oh, we have a free tank. Let's do this. Like it's a very planned beer for us, right? So Rally Cap's a super fun logger, but I really enjoy these because like Operation Steam was the first one, and then this one being the second one of just you know, hey, let's get. <laughs> six 16 ounces of an incredibly cr- sideways yeah of, right. of an incredibly crushable but super tasty beer at a good price into our consumers you know well we we tested it we tested it with midwest haze as well oh i forgot about haze and yeah that, that went really well and so we moved into steam well and that then... had to be a quick switch too just because of how popular that beer is we yes. had to just get it into a more uh yeah. a, a format that's easier for our sales team to maneuver but so if I were at home and I were listening to this, um, I think what I would be wanting to know, and I'm curious how you guys would answer, um, and, and by the way, this is, this is not something we've talked broadly about given our current environment, right? Uh, we're not having our operations meetings. We're not having our STEAM meetings. So um, we haven't had a chance to talk about this, but I'm curious from all of you, uh, is this something you guys see uh, sustaining in six-pack 16s uh, based on what we've seen so far, is it something that um, you think we should s- switch to, to 12-ounce? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, for one, would love to see it stick around. You know, obviously, when we get back up and running, it's you know, going to you know, see where we're at as far as production numbers go. But I would love to see this as, as a year-round beer. It's, for me, it's just a nice drinkable In Texas Tall Boys, right? In six-pack yeah, 16 in 16-ounce, yeah. Yep. What other, other than Frosted, do we have anything else that is consistently in 16 ounce 
so our our double dry hop, double New England series, which is Cool Hand and Straight Clouds to this point, have all been right. 16s. Frosted has been 16s. Uh, every time every time we put Mellow out, it's 16s. Yeah. Duck Donuts was 16s. But we don't have anything that's year-round in a 16 other than Frosted, and that changes no, flavor. Correct. All very, so all I think it'd be really fun to have a year-round or whatever we make the, uh, the rotation for this beer, but keep it in 16-ounce format. Uh, just because one, like you said, it's crushable. Uh, the price points there, mm-hmm. so you're getting great value for the flavor. And I just, there's nothing like grabbing a 16 ounce six pack. It's so it, much fun. It's funny. Jen was delivering beer the other day. She's like, I wish these cases of Pivot weren't so heavy. <laughs> We're moving so much of them, and yeah. you know those whatever it is the. 12 extra ounces per six pack kind of adds up pretty quickly. So I'll, I'll take the opposite stance here, actually. Our production team is so talented and they have such a passion for loggers that I think we have this ability to do something similar to what we're doing with the double dry hop, double New England series of like, hey, every three months, every two months, every four months, whatever the increment is based on demand, tank space, et cetera, of just coming out with a run of Texas tall boys of a lager. Like, I think we were sitting here, whatever it was, three months ago, four months ago, talking about how much we all loved Operation Steam and how, like, oh, does this, does this need to be year-round? Like, I think we have this conversation every time we put out a super dope lager because we all like it so much. But I think it's one of those things where that conversation has been happening with the double dry hop, double New Englands too, where each time we put one out, it gets really good reviews, people really like it, people pick up multiples. I kind of like the idea of hey, we have our five or six core beers, we have three or four rotationals, and then, man, just give the production team the free reign to, let's do a Vienna, or let's do, uh, I mean, there's thousands, whatever loggers of possibilities out there, and then we can bring the hits back, right? Like we Mybach, perhaps? Yeah, I would, I would definitely be a huge fan of having some kind of logger rotation. and For sure. I mean, I've been, all, say, I've been saying it for a minute. And, oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be awesome. Like, if we can, we, can, we, don't, we can always bring back Pivot. We can always bring back Operation Steam and whatnot. And I think heading into these summer months, I think loggers are going to be consumed a bit more than what they would have been for November through December or whatever. Um, but at the same time, if this beer sticks around year-round, I'm not going to be complaining. So that's my thought. I, I love it. I love where your head's at. So, so for those that, that haven't had a chance to try it, uh, I would describe it as something that appeals to, like I said, uh, all kinds of different consumers. So the consumer that likes hops, the consumer that likes to crush Voss or Rally Cap or Miller Lite, as you mentioned, Chase. Um, you, you can get this if you haven't tried it. Uh, you can get it through home delivery or carry out. Mm-hmm. But, Chad, we did produce enough for your sales team to, to send it to the streets as well. So where are a couple of places that today that, that some of our – in a limited environment, right, right, that consumers can try this beer? Yeah, so any of your – that are still open, any of your uh, bottle shops or liquor stores, uh, this one is not going into our larger retailers. Uh, you may find a little bit of Jungle Gems, but outside of that, the larger retailers are not going to be carrying it. 
but any of your local bottle shops, liquor stores, uh, they should have it. And if they don't, ask for it, and we'll make sure we get it there. For sure. Yeah. So I have two shout-outs on this beer. One, we need to make sure that Jen Meisner, our CMO, our owner, uh, my boss, needs a massive shout-out for the marketing on this one. Yeah, the brand it, is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah come I mean, quickly. Yeah, yeah. The, the brand... I could have taken a picture of that can anywhere and it would have blown up on social just because of how many friends fans we have drinking our beer, right? How many friends, how many friends fans there are out there. Uh, the marketing is incredible. The, I, I, I realized when I posted it onto my Instagram story that like, Oh, this is my favorite label. Like, I've posted that like probably two or three times. Like I remember I did it with Coconut Tears, and I'm trying to remember what the, a couple of the other ones were. But like, I mean, she maybe did, Bruder. Well, I just <laughs> I just love that beer so much. I'm low key sitting on a lot of it now because <laughs> I don't think it's low key anymore, bro. I, Everyone knows you're sitting on I a lot. I love of that. that beer. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the branding's incredible. And then our friend Chris stopped in today too and cracked me up because he just. He understood the meaning of what, what we were talking about with, oh, you know, in these hard times, you need to pivot from, like, a business standpoint. But it was so funny that him, as a, like, big Friends fan, for whatever reason, didn't put two and two together that we were making a TV reference. He's like, oh, man, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Those are his words. <laughs> it was just, like, a funny realization to see him be like, Damn, I should have known that. But which is funny too, because it kind of speaks to it's a time. Like there, there's something to be said about good branding, but then your branding also being timely, right? So it's kind of a spin on both. Where this label is almost nostalgic for people because it makes you think of your favorite TV show, but then also being able to spin this idea of. Hey, I we're all like we're pivoting. Other breweries in Cincinnati are pivoting. Other businesses in Cincinnati are pivoting. Places across the country are pivoting, and it's just a timely beer, and that matters. So, and another layer to that actually is that not only is the marketing and the spinoff of this beer selling it, but we're seeing really good reviews online. People are loving it. People are posting about it on social. We're seeing really good reviews on Untapped. I think it's one of those things where marketing can take you so far. But I always tell Chase this: like, y- you guys make my job easier because I'm marketing really good beer. And well, this is this is the primo case of that where like marketing is helping the sales of this, but the quality and the flavor and the uniqueness of this beer is what's going to move it forward, right? Because marketing can only take you to one purchase, but if it's a good beer, they're going to purchase two, three, four down the road times. Well, I, I it's funny that you say that because I remember having a meeting. This was about two years before we actually opened our doors. And so we were early in the stages of, of planning Sonder and I had a meeting with um, somebody who owns a brewery not in Ohio but but in another state that's up I would say they're a they're a very large brewery um, and it's somebody that that I have a little bit of a connection with and so we met up and, and I asked for his review of the business plan and just to, to give his feedback and I remember him saying something to me and this was in 2000 probably 2016 and I remember him saying to me uh, your beer will only get you so far. Your brand will only get you so far. 
and your distribution channel will only get you so far. But all three together will will guide you to being, if you want to be, a large brewery, right? Which is what obviously our goal is, um, and and everybody has a different plan out of that. But good beer, good brand, good distribution. Yeah. And if you have all three of those things, um, that's that's what it takes, right? Which is why I love where we're at right now in this, obviously in this environment where we're limited to what we can do. But between the three of you, I love being able to guide these conversations because all three of you and your applicable teams uh, is what's going to take us as a brand and as, a, as an organization to reaching its full potential, right? Chase, without your team and the beer, uh, that means nothing. But without Chad and Daniel's team into distribution, it means nothing. And without... Jen and Danny, Danny's team and into marketing it, it means nothing, right? All three of those things have to come together in a cohesive relationship. And I feel like we've done a very good job with that. And to me, Danny, to pick up on where you were going, this beer truly is the, is the epitome of that, right? We took something that was limited in scope because we're sitting in a tank and we have limited options and we branded it beautifully and now our sales team is taking what we've got and being able to sell it in an environment that's, that's very limited still. So yeah. it's, I, I'm really proud of it. I, I, obviously, I love it. I, I haven't been shy about this. I'll tell anyone that will listen, and, and these are strong words. I think Pivot is in my top five Sonder beers. Wow. I, yeah. I think that it is. A tight praise. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, and and by the way, every time I do that, <laughs> every time I do that, I'm like, well, but also this one. Yeah, that's, shoot, that's one of my that's, favorite like running shticks. Your of, top five of, has twelve beers in it of all of us, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's one. That's one of my favorite shticks that we all have. Is like we, I think, because we're all kind of like sports fans, and also like competitive kind of bleeds into that too, right? Of like, ooh, top five, or like top three. Um, it's it's such a clickbait thing. Oh, for sure, and I'm here for it. Like I love the conversation. Uh, that's why I always joke about the frosted rankings. Chad gets a good laugh every time I bring <laughs> up the frosted <laughs> rankings. Um, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's in the conversation for me too. It's up there. You you said that you uh, you seemed surprised by that, Chase. Top five? Oh, I I just makes me go through all the beers we made and try to kind of. Which is a out. shit ton, actually. Yeah, I'm trying to figure <laughs> it really out where it, is. where it falls in my list, I guess. It's, it's definitely up there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's up there. Chase, I always take notice of what you're drinking. <laughs> and, and maybe that sounds weirder than it actually is, but I've learned so much from you and your team over the last year plus that it's interesting for me to see what you guys are drinking. And, like, all of you have different palates, right? We joke that, like... Jeff's going to get done with his shift and come order a record hop, yeah. right? You mean um, a recce, I believe? A, a recce, recce, yeah. <laughs> That's going to ruin it for me. Um, Matt actually has one of the more unique palettes of the group, too. He kind of bounces. Birdwatcher. He drinks Birdwatcher. He loves Birdwatcher. He drinks a lot of Blanc. Yeah. Um, he, has a, he has a very unique palette. And then you and Luke are more on the lines of, like, Crispy when, boys. Yeah, cr- when yeah, Steam clean. was on, you guys were drinking that. You guys were drinking Rally Cap when that's on. But I remember when you test piloted that, you put like a five gallon or whatever, like a six little yeah. keg on, and we were all drinking stuff that was on the board. And you just kept dipping into that like five gallon mm-hmm. keg. I was like, damn, this must be something that he's super into. And like that's yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily 
affect my view on the beer, but it's definitely something I take notice of because I've seen you pick up a straight clouds in the past year. I've seen you pick up a Ubecha in the last year and it's maybe not something I would have expected you to drink, but you appreciate and know good beer. So you leaning into this beer is something that I took notice of for sure. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite beers to consume, I would say. Yeah. And you know, the, the brewing side behind it too, I, I think it was kind of fun. It was a different twist to it. So that was, you know, learning something new and, you know, going about, you know, at a, uh, at a certain way and uh, being consistent with it is uh, going to be the key for it as well. Had you used top oils before in the past? I used certain types. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of these products was new to me that we brought in and, and Danny referred to the five gallon keg and tested it out on a five gallon keg. So, so you said that this lagered for roughly three weeks, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, with the team being gone, was this all you in this beer? Uh, well, I brought Jeff into Canada, but right beyond, like besides that, but like the entire brew process, were you start to finish? Was it just you back there doing this? No, the brews were done by. Oh, okay. yeah, this was in the yeah. tank. Oh, this okay. was in the tank. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't know because I know that you've kind of, you know, put a lot of uh, responsibility onto your team and delegated some things. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I'm, I'm curious what it was like for you to get back on the floor uh, in, in this current environment with, uh, you know, yeah. limited, limited resources. And obviously the team is not here mm-hmm. uh, that you were back in the cellar and doing all the work back there. So I, I'm guessing that the, the, a lot of the legwork was done by you. Yeah, yeah, which is great. You know, it's good to get my boots on and, and uh, carry a product, not this one, but carry some of these beers that are coming out uh, start from finish. It's, yeah. it's, always a fun, it's always a fun process when you, you know, start from, you know, grain and water, and then, you know, a few weeks later you've got a pint of beer in front of you and you did every single physical thing sure. to that beer. <laughs> um, it's kind of fun, uh, except for canning. I, yeah. You know, hats off to Jeff. He's coming in and uh, running the can line and with, with him and I on it sometimes. Yeah, I found uh-huh. out canning's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you've never... It looked like you went 12 rounds with Tyson, man. <laughs> I went 600 cases with Schwester. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you, you and Wayne helped out last week, which was awesome. Yeah. I remember... It was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun, and I... Not that I didn't appreciate it before, but I have a newfound appreciation for what those guys go through, because... On the sales team, we see the cooler, and we see you know what we're moving out onto the trucks, and we're just selling it. And sometimes we can lose sight of the fact of all the work that goes in to get it's to good. that point. It's good, yeah. right? It, yeah, it's the same with like ride-alongs too. You know, I've I've gone on for one sure. ride-along now. I think it's you know I think it's a good culture thing to do for a company, and I'm excited to actually bring in you know guys to run it for like yeah. two hours to just to put you know themselves in our shoes for yep. two hours and. You know, because beard is a it's a labor of love, really. It's yeah, a lot of work is. to it, and you know, I've I've found that out now with being back on the floor, and you know, I'm certainly not getting younger, but I've <laughs> definitely been losing a little bit of weight back there and sweating sweating a lot more, which you know, I feel a lot better, so it's it's great. Yeah, Danny, you were going to say something about you remember. Oh, I was just thinking about, so I think the first month, maybe it wasn't that long, like two or three weeks that we had the can line was prior to Chase's team expansion on the production team for a number of reasons. They were a hired down and someone had to leave. Yeah, it it was just a weird mix of timing. But I remember I 
I spent like literally eight hours one day just like flipping beers because the labels. Oh were- man, oh, yeah, I remember right. that because <laughs> because we we hadn't ordered labels with the new can line yet, and so they came in reverse. They, it wasn't because even, it was it, opposite of Ironheart. Yeah, when, when we. So Oversight those, on my end. No, it wasn't even that, right? It was just we had ordered labels under the under the, under the spin of what Ironheart's can line yeah, was yeah. using, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking that, oh, we can just use these for our can line, and then not really realizing that they spin yeah. a different way. <laughs> well, that, that's my naiveness with that type of labeler, too, not knowing that it could go right. backwards. It, it was just like, I, I literally, like, it was like a mindless eight hours of, like, Shit, I literally spun 180 all of those cans for that can mm-hmm. run. It's, it, it, Would you say you pivoted all those cans? Sort of. Dang. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd go there. But you've said it, Chad. Um, you know, someone someone hand-pack-tacked every six-pack. Exactly. Like, that, that matters, right? And no it matter does. how much of a process you go through, like, it, there's so much work that goes into malt and water into the can of beer that you bought from your local grocery store, whatever yeah. it is, right? There's so many people that have impacted that beer. There's so many people that have, you know, marketed that beer, sold that beer, uh, whatever it is. And it's it's our whole team touching every can of beer. Yeah, like, it's our bartenders selling that beer here, and then you're going home and buying a six-pack of that beer. You're, you're right. going it's, you're going grocery shopping, and it's like, yeah, I had a, I had a good time at Sunder. I really liked you betcha. Oh, here it is in the six-pack. Exactly. Yeah, and it's every single person has a touch point of our beer. Yes, absolutely. So let's wrap, let's wrap up with some, some fun things here. Yeah, so I actually so. have a couple questions from Ooh, okay. our fans. Uh, before we hit the fan questions, though, uh, more of a yes or no question. Does Friends hop into your top five sitcoms? That's my number one, so yeah. Yes? Yeah. Yes. It, it doesn't for me. It does for me. Um, I said it's a close second. Okay, so it would even be in your top three? Yeah. Number three would be a fight between Seinfeld and It's Always Sunny. I, I would go Friends, The Office. I'm. I think I'm. At, I think I'm ready to put Parks and Rec three. Parks and Rec is so good. And then New Girl four. New Girl also very good. And then I think five is down here somewhere. See, I'm more of a new agey guy. So like, you love I, Brooklyn Nine Nine and some of those. Other I ones, love Brooklyn right? Nine Nine. The thing that's gonna lose me some fans here is that I prefer How I Met Your Mother, The Friends. Yeah, yeah, you're out. I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm interesting. I, I did like How I Met Your Mother. I'm not gonna like die on that totem pole of like like preaching to the choir on how I met your mother being better, but it's just the show that I prefer. Uh, and then it, it's in my top 10, but it wouldn't be in my top five. I mean, it was friends for your age group. Right. So I think how I met That's your mother, yeah. new girl, the office, Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, that yeah, that would make it. For so me. like like Family Guy, South Park, those don't count in this. No, right? they, uh, well, fine if you don't want to count them. Yeah, you could classify them. They're not, they're not sitcoms. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Sitcoms, that's yeah. fair. I love that genre of shows, though. Like, yeah, are you why. more like Full House, Family Matters, <laughs> Step by Step, <laughs> uh, Growing Pains? <laughs> I know Chase loves. It's always sunny. Yeah, it's always sunny. Sunny is um, really good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I like. Did you like Seinfeld? You liked Seinfeld yeah. more than Friends, yeah. right? Yes. Well, he was just saying Seinfeld's one, right? No, it's not. It's 
It would have been before I watched like The Office and Parks and Rec somewhat recently. Okay. Have you checked out Brew Brothers on Netflix yet? I, I didn't like it. I've heard really I bad just, things. I did it's not, not like great. It. No, I, not I like, like I hovered over it and I was like, I'm not going to be into this. Dude, dude, when we when we turn the cam when we turn we turn the mics off, I'll tell you a couple things. Yeah. I, 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 I just envision I envision like a couple actors like pretending to brew in that show and Chase being like, "You call that a fucking dry hop?" Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now, Chase, do not watch it. No, I wasn't really planning on that. I either. literally got we, – we finished the first episode, and Liz and I looked at each other, and we're like, man, we're going to move on. I mean, it, it's – there are some things in which, in which our daily lives interact that I can relate to, which makes me laugh. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I didn't like it. I, I, feel, like I, I like feel like it. I just need to give it a whirl just to, like, know. Right, like the curiosity is killing me, but I'm not going to like it. Yeah. As long as you go into it knowing that, that's right. fine. And yeah. then let's have a conversation. Yeah, I'm with you. Because you'll know exactly what I'm talking about after I say it. All right, let's hit a couple of these questions. So uh, I'm going to abbreviate this one a bit. Um, Hold on, real quick, before we dive into this. Quickly, since we all, we've all watched Friends, we all know it. I, I just got to know now. Favorite Friends character? Chandler. <laughs> Not close. Wait, does it have to be one of the uh, the six? <laughs> no, mine's sure. mine's Chandler either way. Chandler is so damn funny. Are you? <laughs> are you about to say yours is Gunther? No, it's not Gunther. <laughs> it is not Gunther. Uh, 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 Chandler's mine, and it's not close. Yeah, same. Much of my actually, much of my sense of humor came from watching Friends as a child with my mom, and and. and thinking that Chandler was hysterical. Joey and Chandler would be like it's here in their own and then everyone else. Yeah, they all had like their, their roles to play off of each other. Yeah. So it's, it's it was a good mix, a good mix of the group for mm-hmm. sure. Chandler's definitely number one of the six. Um, I enjoyed Tom Selleck on the show. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm breezy. Yeah. <laughs> He was the most level-headed of, like, all the people that ever appeared on the show. What about Fun Bobby? Oh. <laughs> and Phoebe's got to go down Bobby, as the most yeah. underrated, right? I was actually going to say, if, if I had to, like, individually pick one based on, like, more solo interactions, I would say Phoebe. Phoebe's great. Phoebe's so funny. Can we all agree that Monica's the worst? Monica's oh, the worst. Yeah. I think Ross is underrated. Actually, no, Ross would be my least favorite. Ross just gets what? annoying. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Ross is really he's, annoying. He gets annoying. Ross is a big-time weenie. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely yeah. a weenie. Yeah. He's definitely a weenie. I guess maybe, and maybe a more apt way of saying it is, I don't know that he's underrated. I just think that he's involved in a lot of the really funny scenes. I guess yeah. I don't find him funny, though, is my issue. I think he's funny. I just, yeah. This isn't a Friends podcast, but I'm going <laughs> to take, take a tangent here. Brooke and I watch Friends every night when we go to bed. and It's what you fall asleep to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we all that show. We've actually, I don't want to say an argument, but had a conversation that was very spirited about whether it was Rachel or Ross's fault when they were on a break and Ross hooked up with a girl. Oh, boy. I take Ross's side, she takes Rachel's <laughs> side, and it's absolutely Rachel's fault. We were on a break. We were yeah. on a break. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a hell of an episode. Yeah. Oof. I, oof. I think I take Rachel's side. You, you side with Ross on this? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I, she, uh, he called her, and the other dude was there in the apartment when he called. 
and that pushed him over the edge. But they, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a friends episode. No, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of is a friends episode. It's not a friends podcast, right? We're yeah. I'm gonna stay PC and not even talk about it because I'm not. I don't remember it very well, and I don't want to say the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a a couple non-pivot, a couple non-friends questions here from our uh, listeners. I'm going to abbreviate this one a bit. What individual activity or thing are you most looking forward to once the stay-at-home is taken away? I I can go first. Going out to eat. Yeah, going out to eat. Having a, a beer at a bar with people and, yeah. I think that's, like, the general answer, right? Like, I think the big thing for me is, like, I... I'm so looking forward to being able to travel to a city, play a disc golf tournament, hang out with people that I meet there, and just go to breweries and hang out. Yeah. I just like having that freedom back of being able to do what I would like to. Also see see family, too. My nieces were supposed to come up. And, yeah, that's so you know, brutal, man. So that's that's been brutal for a lot for of people sure, right now. Yeah, we, uh, we've delayed birthday parties and, and, and things like that, and so we're going to, you know, do all that once all this is lifted. Um, but to piggyback off the, the go out and have a, have a beer at a bar is not even go to a sporting event, but be able to be in the tap room or at a bar when there's a sporting event on TV and have that community and the excitement when there's, there's a big event, a big play happens. So just having spirit and liveliness in a, in a room. Uh, it really gets me gets me excited. So we were planning a trip to Cleveland as a family to go to a tribe game. As a family, uh, I would just love to be able to go to a baseball game with my my wife and kids. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I um, obviously it's no secret how much I love baseball, and I've talked about it on here. But I I would just. Love to be able to get my wife and kids out of the house for a normal event. Yeah. Not a forced one where you're delivering beer for Sonder or going to a park or, yeah. Right. I mean, I, you know, a more at this point, like, I, I mean, I've talked about a million times to all of you, not on here, but how much right now my, my wife feels like Superwoman trying to finish everything she's doing. And I'm, I'm very blessed that, that, she's able to do what she's able to do but man like a couple of days ago like she just got out of the she got up early to go out of the house just to throw a mask and gloves on to walk around target just because she just needed to do something yeah she needed to get out of the house i think just in general i i would say if if i'm going to directly answer the question the thing i'm looking most forward to is taking my family to a baseball game going together as a family and eating a hot dog. <laughs> I love ballpark hot dogs so yeah, much. Yeah. Sugardale Dollar Dog Night at oh, the Jake. Come yeah. on with it. <laughs> but but outside of that, it's just it's just trying to uh, trying to have some normalcy. I think just in general. Um, if you could only pick ales or lagers for the rest of your life, which one are you going with? Lager. I knew that was coming. I probably had a different answer before I started working here, but it's definitely loggers now. I think we're all going to say loggers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Maybe too easy of a question. Uh, more of a technical question here. 
Um, does shelf life depend on style of beer, Chase? What is the expected shelf life of everything that we're putting out in package right now? Uh, my expectation is 120 days. Uh, okay. Style does matter. More importantly, uh, process control matters. How much is all the oxygen you're getting into the beer and packaging and transfers? Um, oxygen is, you know, I said this before on the podcast, but it's extremely bad for the beer. <clears throat> but yeah, the style definitely does have an influence on it. You know, if it has live yeast in it, it can aid in, in its uh, stability and shelf life. Um, if you have a lot of hop aroma, you know, dry hopping method going on, uh, that can fade out, you know, at like 90 days, it kind of, you can start to tell that it's kind of fading away a little bit. Um, but Is that just on the aroma or would the flavor still be there? No, the bitterness itself will also start to fade. The actual coarse bitterness, uh, the IBUs um, will start to fall off and fade away as well. Um, But aroma is usually the first thing that goes. Um, But yeah, I would say 120 days for Brunchola beers and I mean, we had Zaberon, you know, because that lingered in, in drafts, and that ended up getting up to Dude, like it 260 was, days. It was almost eight months. Yeah, that something. beer was fire throughout. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all and, the way up to the last drop. Yeah. You know, and more importantly, that was on draft. So, our, our, our draft just inherently. Good, good, good differentiator there. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the way that we are able to keg our beer with a, a state of the art uh, keg line, not, not that our can line isn't, but it's different. It's a lot easier to purge all the oxygen out. Um, so our DO pickup on our, our keg line is basically nothing. Uh, we tested it before with a, a DO meter. Um, cans are a little bit more difficult because of the fact that you are putting beer into a can, then you got to put a lid on and seam it. So there's a time period. But even that, we're running at, oh, I mean, just in- yeah, incredibly we're, low. Yeah, we're getting both DO in, in the 20s. Yeah. yeah. So it's. I had a volume one record hop the other day. It's still fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know, that's old beer. That's a that's a style that I would not want to age out at at all. Sure. I mean, I'll always try to drink the the beer as fresh as you you can, unless you're selling it and whatnot, which is a different conversation. That's always my recommendation. I mean, we we even have it on the cans, right? Keep cold, drink fresh. Mm-hmm. Whenever people, uh, what what beer was it the other day? Um, shoot, someone on Twitter. I'd have to go back and look at it. Someone was wondering. You know, oh, it was Kenosha Kickers. Someone was drinking a Kenosha Kickers, and I think it was Kenosha Kickers. Don't quote me on that, but I think someone was drinking a Kenosha Kickers, and they were like, oh, like, I wonder what this would taste like warm. Or, like, I wonder what this would taste like after some age. And, like, what do you think? They, they, were, they were asking our quote-unquote Twitter account. And I was like, you know, our recommendation is drink fresh, keep cold. Mm-hmm. Like, I, by no means am I telling you to let this beer warm up, or by no means am I letting, telling you to let it age. Um, if you want to do that, you are free to do so. Let us know what you think. But yeah, yeah it's usually a, a bad idea. But. For sure. Well, in the spirit of bad ideas, I am building a Kenosha Kickers vert that I'm working on. Yes. That'll be fun. <laughs> so uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to this year's yeah. release. You have two years of it right now? Yeah. Nice. nice. That's awesome. Fuck, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I like happily drank my last like 2019. Yeah. It's so hard not to drink it. Yeah. I have a, I have a six pack like like next to my fridge that hasn't made its way into the fridge because if it makes its way into the fridge it's going to get drank. <laughs> so I'm doing everything I can to just like leave it next to it so that I like kind of gradually drink it. I heard he gave you one 
uh, I know the original you, run. Yeah, you drink I, that. Sure did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. If you get to the point where you start drinking that warm, come talk to me. We need to, <laughs> we need to have a convo. I won't get there. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> no, you have enough cold brooder that you don't need to get there. I'm swimming in brooder, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> That's all I've got, guys. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else about this beer uh, that you guys want people to know, or just in general right now? I guess for me, it's the, the thing that I've learned since working here is the artisanship that goes into a well-crafted lager. Like, just take the time to drink this one and think about how there's no existing flaws and the aroma is there on purpose and the way it's drank is on purpose. Like, we, cr- they crafted this beer, we crafted this beer on purpose and it's drinking the way we want it to. Like, take notice of that and appreciate that there's no underlying flaws. There's no, like, on a whim flavors of this beer. Everything was done on purpose. We're not hiding anything. It's just a well-crafted, hoppy lager that is one of the harder things that you can do in a brewery. And I think that's something that most people don't know. They're super into, like, the hoppy IPAs or, like, the really fruity milkshake IPAs or the like heavily fruited sours or like the big heavy stouts, like those beers are great and there's a place for them, but the artisanship and what goes into a well-crafted lager is something that needs to be appreciated more. And this is a great example of that. Yeah, I'd agree. There's never going to be a point where we have something that's uh, crappy in a tank and you add stuff to it to make it, a little less crappy, like you know, not, less crappy is a good way to put it. <laughs> That's the. It's not gonna. Good happen. luck branding that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would also, um, I would, I would just follow up with that, just on, you know, to your, you know, you've talked about. There's no underlying flaws. It's uh, we crafted this for a purpose. We we take a lot of consideration. Uh, into the beers that we release. And we spend, you know, we've talked about all of the effort that goes into it and, and the roles that each of us play in that. Um, just, just, just keep that in mind, right? That, that um, you know, Chad, I, I, I keep going back in my head to what you said, and I think it's so true. It's so, we're in a, we're in a consumer culture, just in general, right? You go to Kroger, you pick up a six-pack. It doesn't matter if it's Miller Lite or it's Pivot from Sonder Brewing. Right. There's a craft that goes into that. Yep. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. But as a consumer, it's so easy to just pick that up, pay 10 bucks, and not think twice about it. Yep. Um, well, I'm, I'm very thankful in this, in this season. Uh, I'm very thankful to everyone that continues to order our beer for home delivery or yep. elsewhere and, and, and support us right now. Um, we're very blessed in a, in a really tough time. Um, obviously, um, we hope that, that that continues. It's not getting easier anytime soon, but just continue to, to remember that, that this is, this is not, only, not only is it all of our livelihoods, but it's something we're all deeply passionate about, yeah. and it's, it's cool to see it come to fruition. And then I think that you know, back on the, the branding and marketing side, Calling the beer pivot and having some fun with the uh, the friends reference, um, and Danny, you talked about this earlier when you were talking about how businesses have had to to pivot and we've had to pivot as a company, but families have had to pivot too, and yep. uh, 
we this is our our way to send a hug out to everybody with with st- keeping social distance and just saying that we appreciate what everyone is going through and we understand it and we're there with you and you know we didn't want to lean too heavy into the the pandemic or anything but just our way to say that that we love you guys and we appreciate what everyone's going through and uh you know we're we're all in this together for sure yeah i I, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the that. spot. I looked at you like you were going to oh, say no. something. It was yeah, just... well, I was debating. I was thinking about saying that, you know, this we had like a, a, a vision of what this beer would, would be. And then obviously with the situation that we're in, it was um, had to be created by something else. And uh, it was kind of fun to like, all right, well, this is the ingredients I have in-house. And this is what I'm going to shoot for, target for. And with marketing just being like just be able to create like a label like that just with some you know short notice was pretty crazy it was fun and it and it worked out thanks yeah. for doing that all right well uh does everybody have beers that they can oh, cheers with there's some in here is there some pivot i can yeah all right well um thank you all for everything you continue to do every day in a really tough uncertain time um thank you to all of our fans and everyone that continues to listen we do this so that you all can be a part of who we are even right now. And also, keep sending in questions. Yeah, um, for sure. We love answering them. We love interacting with y'all. And um, if you want to know something, let us know. But uh, thank you to all of you. Thank you to you guys here. Um, and until next week, cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers. Y'all. cheers.